Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Freelancer Show. This week, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and we're talking to Todd Miller. Todd, now you wrote this enriched book that talks about creating wealth, time, wealth and time, money, and meaning. Before we get to that, it's, it's been kind of interesting just to chat with you for a minute. And, you know, you, you live over in Asia. You, you've obviously been working on in this area for a while. Uh, do you want to give us just a little bit more of your background before we uh, dive in and talk about how to create wealth in time, money, and meaning? Sure. Happy to, Charles. And thank you again for having me on this show. I am an American who's lived in Asia for the majority of my life. I retired early-ish about a year ago, and I now call a tropical beach home. And recently, as you mentioned, I published my first book. Before that, I spent my career in the entertainment business, mostly with a major Hollywood studio. And while I enjoyed a colorful international career, that just wasn't enough for, for me. I've been obsessed with the work-life equation for more than two decades, and I've extensively researched and aggressively experimented with all facets of that equation. That makes sense. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev Heroes aren't just people who devs admire, they're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. I kind of want to ask, so you, you've been involved in uh, the entertainment industry. Was it different doing that from Asia as opposed to being like here in California or well, here in for other, most other of my career, I was working for an American Hollywood studio, uh -huh. and I was helping the studio to open up and develop the markets of Asia, oh, okay. which that makes are sense. increasingly, you know, some of the most dynamic media and entertainment markets in the world, mm -hmm. um, especially countries such as China and India. Um, right. After spending 18 years with a Hollywood studio, though, I wanted to do the Asian entertainment thing. Mm -hmm. And so for the last eight years in my professional time, I ran Asia's largest independent pan-regional broadcaster and really helping to export Chinese and Asian entertainment across Asia. Cool. Very cool. So given your background, then what was it that drove you to write a book about creating this sort of wealth? To me, wealth equates with freedom. And I, I think there's probably some parallel there. But yeah, so you're, you're in the entertainment industry, you're out there doing all this work, and then you retire and write a wealth book. Actually, to be honest, the book was largely written before I retired. Okay. And when I was working at the Hollywood studio, I was fortunate to experience a couple life lessons 
early in my career. And those lessons made such a strong impression upon me that I vowed that I would be deliberate and I would be conscious about maximizing this work-life equation. Uh-huh. And that's what really catalyzed you know, this whole investigation globally in terms of the best practices about work and life and how to maximize it all. And while I was wrestling with these issues, increasingly, I discovered that many of my cohorts also wrestled with these issues. And professionals around the world struggle with how to thread the financial, the professional, Mm -hmm. and the personal. And so the deeper I got into the research, the more I found myself giving advice and giving talks. And so this book is just a natural extension of what was happening on an organic basis across a number of years. That makes sense. So what's the trick then, right? I mean, and and I'm sure people ask that thinking you're going to give them like this one piece of advice that will get them there. But what I found in my life is that it's kind of a process, right? And I'm still trying to get there in a lot of ways. But yeah, what what is the methodology then for achieving that kind of balance, you know, that, that you're talking about? Because boy, that's something I'd like to have more of, right? Sure. Look, this whole book is about how to make life delicious, how to how to create the life that you want and to live it on your own terms. And, mm-hmm. pro, and professionals routinely face this tug of war between competing priorities that can suck the life out of life. And this is especially so for freelancers. And so the what Enrich offers is a framework to create financial security, to create time wealth, and to ignite the highest priorities. Where the book differs from other books in the self-help genre is Enrich recognizes that financial security is foundational. Mm-hmm. And rather than than ignoring money matters, which many happiness books like to do, Enrich embraces and acknowledges that money does matter. And the book is about creating financial security. And if anyone gets anything out of this talk in this book, I hope it is a recognition of the urgency to accelerate financial security at whatever life stage that you may be in. Because that really does buy the optionality, which then creates this ability to live and work on your own terms. Makes sense. So how do I get started, right? How, how do I start going, okay, how do I start building the, these areas of wealth? So, so t- to start building financial security, first and foremost, it's to recognize the urgency. If you right. think about it, most people have a 40-year time frame to develop financial security. We embark upon our careers in our 20s, and we hope sometime in our 60s that we can go and do what we wish we could have done all along. And that's right. kind of the default setting that many professionals and freelancers sign up for. And so, so to get started, it's to reject that setting. And to say, 
I'm not going to accept a 40-year time frame. You know, I want to accelerate this time frame. Yeah. And whatever sort of whatever time period that makes sense for for your own personal needs. And then to commit to a plan and really commit to a plan to go about and to build it on a methodical basis. And we can talk about what that looks like, but really the key is to recognize the urgency. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's it's interesting too, because you know, you're talking about this 40-year plan. And I kind of want to call it out just for a second because this is the story that my parents told me, right? I can't tell you how many times growing up, my dad was a dentist and he owned his own uh, dental practice, right? And I kept, I, I always got the someday, right? So someday I'm going to sell my practice for a gazillion dollars, right? And and then, you know, I'm going to take your mom on some church missions and we're going to go do, you know, go to these places in the world. And he lived in Japan for two years as a missionary and he wanted to go back there. and. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about it is that, and I might get a little bit emotional, but he, I mean, that was the plan. That was always the plan, right? He'd bring on a junior partner and eventually sell out to them. And a few years ago, his health just got to the point where we kind of took him aside and said, you've got to stop, right? You've got to quit. And, and so he did. He was only working a few days a week anyway, because that was all he could put in. Never did line up anybody to buy his practice. And he passed away a couple of years ago. And so all of that stuff, all of that someday never happened, right? Yeah. And, and my Charles, mom. Yeah. Yeah. You we know, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, my mom's teaching high school and she had started teaching high school before he was done working, but she's got the some days too, right? But her some days now are, you know, in five years. And yeah, you know, I, I look at that and I look at where some other folks that I know are and yeah, I recognize that there's that need, right? Um, and I'm not saying that you necessarily have to live for now, right? Because you do have to plan ahead. But at that, you know, to your point, yeah, you know, there's got to be some element of how do I get there now? How do I get there sooner? And and that's something that drives me. I don't know if that's something that drives everybody. That's definitely something that drives me. So yeah, so how do I start making this plan? How do I start recognizing what opportunities are there for me to get there sooner? So first and foremost, begin to build financial security. And once you've done that, then that gives you the ability to, to spend time on what matters most. But to build financial security, there are really two motivations in wanting to do that. So there's an offensive reason and there's a defensive reason. So offensively, financial security creates this optionality which is what we all want, you know, so that work becomes a choice and not an obligation. But defensively, many people equate their income security with their job. Right. But in 2021, there is no job security. <laughs> and so it is incredibly, incredibly important to not base your income security on your paycheck. Right. And so for that reason, you know, establishing financial security is actually foundational to building an enriched life. And I'll give you a great personal example of that. From my mid-20s, I've been so deliberate about 
doing everything I can to have a robust and full life. And I thought I was doing everything right. I even thought I was doing everything right financially. I was saving a lot of money and, you know, everything seemed to be going well. And then when the fat paycheck stopped, I was handicapped by my financial insecurity because I did not have any independent income. And that was not a nice position to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that for a truly enriched life, this this creation of financial security is foundational. Right. So as far as not relying on the paycheck, I mean, this is a freelancing podcast. So I feel like we're at least partway down that road. But at the same time, I mean, I went from freelancing to business owner, right? And then I've I've had some hiccups along the way. But I I feel like freelancing isn't the end-all be-all way of doing this either, right? Because you're still trading your time for money. And if your clients dry up, you're still in that position. So what kind of income are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about income that is passive, Mm -hmm. income that is predictable, income that is recurring, income that is diversified, and income that is tax efficient. Right. And if you can assemble income streams with those qualities, then you're well on your way toward creating financial security. You know, I often use the word paycheck, but your time is is just another proxy for paycheck because ultimately you don't want your time to be hostage to your income, which right. is why passivity is so important. Right. So, so how do we start doing that? Right. What, what, what's the path? Because I, I can just see somebody going, okay, well, I got out of the full-time job and I'm doing the, the freelance life now, but I can't even envision like what this passive income looks like. You know, what, what kind of a business is that? What, what does that feel like? You know, who, what are we talking about? What does my day look like there? Yeah. So I like to use the metaphor of an Aztec pyramid. Mm -hmm. So if you've been to Central America, you've seen those majestic structures. They're built to stand the test of time. They've endured for centuries. They have strong foundations that support multiple tiers, financial security, is built exactly the same way. And it starts with achieving some financial fitness, which means that you're addressing both the income as well as the expense sides of the equation. And then you're layering on those income streams, which I've discussed. And those income streams can come from a number of forms. My, my preferred way is through real estate because of the inherent tax advantages for Americans. But whether it's dividend stocks or whether it's bonds or closed-in funds, I mean, there are a number of investment vehicles there. The most important thing is not deciding whether you want real estate or stocks. It's, it's building that foundation and creating the right structure that's going to give you enduring financial security. Because ultimately, when people think of financial security, they think of it as a mathematical problem. But ultimately, 
financial security is emotional. It's the ability to sleep well at night and not wake up at 3 a.m. because of money concerns. And so that's why that metaphor of an Aztec pyramid is so important because if you really construct your, your finances in that way, then that will give you the ability to endure whatever happens for the long haul. Right. Right. That makes sense. It's funny too, because you mentioned real estate. I have a really good friend that, yeah, that's what he preaches too. And, you know, I mean, there are other ways, but, but yeah, that's, that's one that he really likes and he, yeah, he gets income from it every month and he, he takes advantage of all the tax breaks that you get from that in the U S and yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, the way that U S tax codes are structured is that you cannot ignore the enticing benefits of real estate. And really, it's the ability to deduct depreciation, which is a non-cash item, as an expense. Right. Gotcha. So, so let's let's take a step back here for a minute. So, because there, I mean, we've talked for hours and hours and hours about investing in real estate and how to make that profitable. Um, but what we're focused on here is is building kind of that wealth in your life that mm-hmm. comes from you know, not worrying about your, your finances, not worrying about these other things. So let's just imagine for a minute that, you know, we're five years down the road and, you know, our listeners have all made these kinds of investments. They're, they're getting uh, passive predictable income from real estate or some business adventure or, you know, things like that. Right. Uh, now, what? right now, 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 what are you going to do? What's the next stage? What's the next step? Well, we've discussed how money is foundational. The financial security is foundational. But if you really want to improve life satisfaction, focus on your time. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, there are two currencies in life. And money gets all the attention. But it's your relationship with time that's going to have the largest impact on your perceived satisfaction with life. You know, it's interesting. For this book, I interviewed a number of super high achievers around the world. And I asked everyone how they define success. And Charles, Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised that almost everyone said that control over their time is the ultimate definition of success. And a global study by Ernst & Young across eight countries found that insufficient time accounts for four of the five biggest hurdles that professionals face. And to cite another research study, this one by UCLA, mm-hmm. re- researchers at the business school there asked 4,000 people which they would choose, time or money. Can you guess how people responded? <laughs> Well, for me, it's time. I would much more, much prefer to have more time. Right. Two thirds of the people chose money. Oh, really? But for the third that chose time and that prioritized time over money, they were on average statistically happier and more satisfied with life. And that's after adjusting 
for gender, occupation, marital, and parental mm-hmm. status, and other variables. Yeah. I mean, really, the stories that you told of your parents and how they were out of time just mm-hmm. emphasize this point that time is the most valuable currency that we have. Yeah. And it's and it's confounding because it's a commodity. It's free and abundant, but it's also priceless and scarce. Yeah. And if if you really want to change your satisfaction levels, you know, being deliberate upon how you spend your time. In mm. other words, spending it on what matters most to you. Yeah. is the surest, fastest, absolute path to building the kind of joy and enrichment and meaning that everyone strives for. Hey, folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because you're talking about this. And for a long time, especially with the podcast business, I, I was. I was, you know, I was chasing not, not necessarily just money, but I was traveling to conferences a lot. I was, you know, I was pursuing a lot of these things. I kind of had this idea out there of where I wanted to end up with a lot of these opportunities that were coming my way. And I realized probably about three months ago, I I came home, you know, I haven't traveled much this last year um, for obvious COVID reasons, but I came home and I guess not came home, but like I walked out of my office because I'm in a home office, but I walked out of my office and I was just checking on my kids. Uh, I have five kids and I realized that I never see them, right? That was what hit me is I never see them. And it's not like they're, you know, I'm not going to see them tomorrow, right? Or that those opportunities are going to go away. But my oldest son just turned 15 and he's not going to be 15 forever. And what he does when he's 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, and on is something that even if I don't have direct control over, I can definitely influence him to make decisions that are going to make him happy, right? I can steer him away from some of the things that are toxic in life and steer him toward things that bring satisfaction in life, right? And ultimately, he's going to have to make a lot of those decisions on his own. But that was what really hit me. That's when it really started to flip was that if I go out and I spend my time trying to earn you know, millions and millions of dollars, which is not necessarily a bad thing. What I realized was, though, was that I was going to miss out on the opportunity to build a meaningful relationship with my kids. And that was something I would never get back. Right. And so that that was, for me, kind of where I had this epiphany of the things that you're talking about. Right. And that's where, you know, a year ago, if you'd asked me, would you rather have time or money? I would have said money. Correct. Because I thought so, I could buy my time freedom, and now I'd rather have the time because I recognize that I'm 41, I have plenty of time to make that, that money. That's right. But your kids are only going to pass through their teenage years once. Yeah. And, right. So, and it's dripping that is away one day at a time. Yes. yes. 
There was, um, I think, one of the research studies that I encountered some years ago mm-hmm. is the is the longest research study of its kind ever, and it was initiated Harvard in the 1930s, and that Harvard tracked cohorts across every life stage for the rest of the subject's lives. And they looked at everything. They looked at everything medically, psychologically, emotionally, financially, professionally. And what the researchers were trying to find is, what is it that most contributes to a joyful and meaningful life? And it wasn't professional success or financial success or all the things that we might typically characterize as being traits of success. It was warm relationships as the single largest determinant and contributor Mm -hmm. to happiness, to enduring happiness. And I think that hearing, hearing about your relationship with your kids, you know, just reinforces that point that when we have a choice, investing time in relationships is probably the best investment that we can make. Yeah. Now, it's it's interesting, though, at the same time, I don't know if you have kids, but my kids eat, right? They break stuff that I have to pay for. <laughs> you know, I have to drive them to school every day, and that, that takes gas. And so at some point, I can't spend all of my time doing those things. So how do you strike that balance? How do you figure out, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to say enough, like working enough or, you know, spending enough time with them. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, how do I strike that balance so that I'm satisfied with the relationship I have with them or, you know, happy, very happy with the relationship I have with them. And at the same time, I'm able to pay the bills and take care of the stuff that I got to take care of. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the juggling act that, everyone dances through uh, in life. I am a parent. My son is 17. And I always thought that just being present was enough. And my son, who's an avid soccer player, you know, he appreciated that I was showing up for every game every Saturday morning. But he said to me, Dad, watch me play. Get off the phone. Mm-hmm. And it's not... It's not really about the quantity of time that we offer, which was your question, how much. It's really about the quality of time and whether or not you allocate a lot or a little of your time, make it worthwhile, really focus on that quality and do so in a single-minded way. And that's probably the best, the best way to answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's hard for us to do because, you know, we're multitaskers Mm -hmm. and somehow through multitasking, we have squeezed 33 hours of activity into a 24 hour day. And that is miraculous. But it also means that's one of the reasons why we kind of feel that life is out of control. And so the Mm -hmm. way to, to both make the time count as well as to reclaim that sense of control is to really focus and 
not multitask so much on what you do at every point in the day. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. And yeah, I was just thinking about it, you know, with, with the relationships, right. With my wife, my kids, my mom, with my siblings, with, you know, my friends. Yeah, it does. It matters just as much if I'm giving them my full attention when I'm with them as it does that I'm with them. And, you know, just that, just that ability, right. To it, it's not, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I imagine that if I'm putting in the time with my son or, you know, I, I have three daughters and two sons. So, you know, I'm putting in time with one of my kids. It's one thing, but if I'm putting in time and showing them that they matter, right. That they're the only thing that matters during that time. That's a completely different thing. Is them. That's what really matters. Right. And it's not how much it's, it's, you know, it's how it's, it's how good that that time is. And maybe that time is only in the car when you're driving them mm-hmm. to school in the morning. But if you're focused on them, that's the best message that you care, that you're invested in them. Yep. Well, and it's interesting too, that you bring this up. And it's funny that we kind of got to this place because it was a week or two ago. I was really thinking and praying about just, you know, how do I build a better relationship with my kids? And I realized that I was listening to a podcast when I drove them to school and I was listening to a podcast when I picked them up from school. Right. And so I just turned it off. Right. And, and just started talking to them and I'm a massive tease. Right. So I'm teasing my kids all the way to school and all the way back now Poor kids. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, we do talk about it. We talk about their friends. We talk about their classes. We talk about the stuff they're going through. And recently it was last week. My daughter just brought up something that one of her friends is going through. Right. And I would have never known that this was a thing she was even thinking about. She's almost 14. And, you know, so we actually got to talk about something that was important, right? And I'm not going to go into the details. Some of it's, it's one of those politically fraught subjects, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, it was like, look, I've had friends who have gone through what your friend is going through, right? And when they make decisions like this, I've never seen any of my friends come out of it happy for it right but when they accept themselves for who they are and they deal with things on this other level right and sometimes they need help to do that and sometimes you know but we we got to have a real conversation right and it's like look it's okay to question who you are but at the same time you know and that's part of being a teenager right is figuring out who you are but at the same time you know we had that conversation then about you know what's true and what's not true and you know, what will make her happy and how to make those decisions in ways that will lead her to, you know, a positive place. And so, and I never would have had that happen if I had had my stupid headphones in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and sometimes kids ask the questions that really matter at totally the wrong time. And, you know, and so as parents, we all have to be prepared at any time. And my Mm -hmm. son asked me the birds and bees question. Literally, when we were having lunch on a crowded terrace at the American (laughs) Club in Hong Kong, and I swear, I saw like, like the whole terrace just said like forks down. We got to watch this, you know, and um, and so, but I guess those are some of the joys and thrills uh, of of parenting, you know, and it's just 
trying to be accessible and honest in your relationships and in your conversations. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to, we're getting toward the end of our time. I, I kind of want to tie this back to what we've been talking about this whole time, just with wealth of financial wealth, time, you know, time wealth, meaning wealth. Is this what it's all about then? It, are, are we missing the boat sometimes just focusing on one area of this, be it time, money, or meaning, or, you know, is, is the ultimate wealth meaning? It, it seems like we spent a lot of time talking about that. Or is there some other overarching message here? The, overar- the overarching message is that the meaning comes mm-hmm. from investing your time on what matters most to you. Okay. And that is subjective and that is personal. Okay. But to be able to invest your time with full discretion, though, requires the other things mm-hmm. that, that we have d- discussed. You, you know, one of, one of the things that's related to all this that, that may be useful for us to spend a moment or two on is this feeling right now that we're in the middle of this pandemic and our lives and our livelihoods and lifestyles have all been upended and people feel that given these circumstances when the world seems out of control they feel that that they have no control Mm -hmm. and you know especially for freelancers whose commute maybe from the couch to the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And so the way to try to build some control in all this chaos that we're experiencing is to act every day with full intentionality. Right. And what I mean by that is when you get up in the morning, ask yourself, what will make this a great day? Mm-hmm. And Consider that question professionally, personally, and financially. And whatever you identify as being a contributor to a great day so that, so that you'll be able to go to bed in the evening and think, wow, you know, this was really a wonderful day. Whatever it is that's going to enable you to say, wow, identify it and then be deliberate to make it happen in your day, every day. And if you can make that a daily habit, Mm -hmm. this will go a long way in helping try to, one, inject some meaning because you're being deliberate about something that's important to you. But also, it's a way to try to reclaim control when a lot of macro events are truly beyond our control. It, it reminds me, and I, I'm trying to, I think it was James Clear in Power of Habit. He talked about making 1% improvement every day, right? And if you make a 1% improvement every day for a year, you wind up 37 times better by the end of the year as yeah. it compounds day over day, right? And for me, it's it's the same thing that you're talking about as far as, yeah, what intentionally makes this day worth worth it, right? Or better or a success or however you want to, you know, put that goal out there. And if you're doing that, then, you know, yeah, imagine that your life gets that much better 
every day, it'll stack up. The other thing is, is that one of the books that I've recommended on this show, I can't tell you how many times is the 12 week year. And they kind of have that three year goal out there. And then what they do is they say, okay, so what do you have to do over the next 12 weeks or three months to get there? And then what you do is you break down what you have to do every day in order to get there. And, you know, they encourage you to set personal goals and professional goals for the 12 week year. And then, yeah, as you take that daily action, that's what gets, that's what gets you over the, over the hump. And that's what builds into success. And it's the daily things that add up to the lifetime achievements. Yes. And so in the book, I speak about a life plan. Mm-hmm. And that is really encapsulating all the key things that are going to enrich your life. And these are professional achievements, mm-hmm. but they're also personal achievements and financial achievements. And I've been practicing this for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. And my, my career and my life at the time that I started this practice, they were growing, going really swimmingly well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I was a hot shot and a rising star, you know, for a major studio. And I, I was making more money than I needed. And, you know, I, I just had such a robust life, but I felt directionless. And I felt that if, if I'm not more intentional about identifying where I want to go and then deliberately trying to get there, mm-hmm. then I may end up someplace I don't want to be, or I may end up nowhere. And so, you know, I think that this notion of establishing longer term goals and then working backwards to visualize, mm-hmm. then incrementalize, I mean, there's a lot of power to it. And I mm-hmm. spend and in Rich, I spend four chapters on, pri- on priorities, goals, and goal setting. And one of the things that I did that to me was quite insightful is I interviewed several multiple world record holders mm-hmm. to understand their strategies on becoming the first, the fastest, or the only person on the planet to accomplish something. Because I think that they give us all a lot of insight that that we can try to emulate. And mm-hmm. consistently, you know, these, these Uber achievers, they visualized goals. And then the secret sauce, though, is to incrementalize, which is to establish milestones along the way and to focus intently on the milestone in front of you because if you don't get to the next immediate milestone, you can forget about the ultimate goal. Yep, absolutely. Boy, I could sit here and talk about this for hours and hours and hours, but I'm kind of getting toward the end of the time that I have available. Where do people find your book? So it's on Amazon and retailers around the world. And more information about Enrich and this whole philosophy is at enrich101.com. Gotcha. And do you want to just kind of give the elevator pitch for the book? Just let people know what they're going to get from it. I think we've talked our way around a lot of it, but yeah. It's how to create a delicious life and to achieve financial security, time wealth, and to ignite what's most important. Awesome. 
Hey folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. All right. Well, at the end of these shows, we do picks. And they're essentially just shout outs about stuff that you like that's making your life better. So, you know, for some people, it's, hey, I've been watching this TV show. For other people, it's, you know, other, you know, whatever, right? So uh, a lot of the shows that we do are technology-based, so they'll pick, like, technology stuff. I think the thing that I'm going to pick is, and, and this this kind of uh, falls in line with a lot of the stuff that you're talking about here, but lately I have been putting together a program to help people do some of the things that we're talking about here as far as just, you know, living a richer life and... Um, you know, getting what you want from life. Most of it's focused around getting what you want from your technology career, your developer career. And so you can go to devchat.tv slash next level if you want to chat with me about some of that stuff, because I'm happy to help you out. But I will also point out that, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about here and a lot of the stuff that has worked out for me is stuff that I've learned from books like Todd's book. And so I'm going to recommend that you go check that out as well just because it it sounds very much like the kinds of resources that I recommend people go find. Because at the end of the day, that that's the stuff, right? The stuff that can get you to take action and take action every day is the stuff that's going to pay off. So yeah, I, I guess those are my picks. Uh, do, you, do you have anything you want to shout out about, Todd? Well, what's, what's enriching my life at the moment is I am spending a lot of time with my friends. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's very important. And we discussed how relationships actually are the biggest contributor to happiness. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding very much so that that is the case. And I'm just really allocating and indulging a lot of time um, to enjoy with these new friends cool all right well we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show thank you todd for coming and and talking through this with us hopefully we've inspired some folks to take some action make a plan and and just do what they need to every day to get further down the road toward whatever life is going to fulfill them thank you charles for having me i've enjoyed this chat yeah me too all right folks well uh we'll be back next week and in, in the meantime max out Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.